Hello and welcome to the Have I Ever Loved Myself podcast, a safe space to talk about the struggles of being single, relationships, your self-worth, self-esteem, and all things healing journey. My name is Marie and let's get started. Today I have an interesting topic for you that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Also, I've been to the dentist today and they cut my tongue a little bit, so I'm in a lot of pain talking, which I'm only now realizing because I just got back. So I'm not sure how long I can make it on this episode, but I'll do my best, I promise. So today we have a very interesting topic to talk about, uh, which is love addiction. What it is, how to deal with it, how to identify it, and how to manage it. People often argue that love addiction is not an actual addiction because it's not officially classified as a mental health condition, but it does exist. We'll do experience uh, real and debilitating symptoms. I'm obviously not a psychologist, but from the research that I've done and from my own experience, it feels very, very real. In this episode, I'm obviously talking about my experiences and what I've found out during my research. So take it with a grain of salt. People usually think of addictions as an, an addiction to substances or alcohol, but it's not like that. You can very much get addicted to a real person and you can very much get addicted to the feeling. Uh, and usually love addiction manifests itself as an obsession with your partner or with finding a relationship if you're single. I've definitely experienced it in my life. And when it hit me the hardest was when I had two serious relationships back to back. And then suddenly after years in a relationship, I found myself alone. And this is when I realized that I have so much space in my life that and I just don't know what to do with it because I used to devote so much of my energy to the relationship that I was in. And second of all, I feel so incomplete and I feel so lost without a relationship that I just need to find a new partner. And if a lot of us feel that way, because it comes from our childhood traumas and our abandonment issues, right? And attachment style issues, because essentially what love addiction is, is when we feel incomplete, so without a relationship. So we're waiting for the other person to come and complete us and make us feel good and make us feel whole and make us have a sense of purpose and make us realize that now we can be happy. A lot of my clients feel this way. And it's often identified when people go to therapy and they realize that have a certain attachment disorder and they start to look at the abandonment and neglect they experienced in childhood. And then they realize where it's coming from. But, you know, knowing where it comes from, it's not enough, right? You have to understand how to manage it and what coping strategies and mechanisms you can develop that will help you. Awareness is, of course, the first step, but you have to know more to be able to manage it. I'm going to talk about the most common symptoms now of love addiction and let's figure out, let's see if you have it. So feeling lost or uprooted when you don't have a partner. I definitely experienced that because, again, you spend so much time devoting all of you to the relationship. So when it ends, you just don't know what to do with yourself. And in my program, actually, it's one of the modules that we do is we start looking deep inside ourselves and we figure out the things that we actually like and we figure out step by step what activities to fill up your free time with so that your life is not empty and we also work on how to build community and how to find meaningful connections not necessarily romantic ones that will help you 
find meaning and purpose. And I think this is a crucial element here. But other other symptoms include feeling overly dependent on your partner, which I think is very common because we forget that we are actually adults fully capable of doing things. We can do anything, but we forget, especially we if we outsource some of those things to our partner. For women, it's usually all the physical things and home repairs and stuff like that. And we forget that we can actually figure it out on our own and we don't have to do it ourselves, but we can if we wanted to. But we often forget this in a relationship. That's why we feel overly dependent on our partners. Next symptom is prioritize the relationship you have with your partner over every other personal relationship in your life, which is also a very common thing because a lot of people lose themselves in a relationship. They forget about their friends, they forget about their families, they give up their hobbies and they devote all their lives to their partner because they feel like now they found a purpose. Now they have something meaningful finally. So everything else literally doesn't matter. The next thing is finding it difficult to leave unhealthy or toxic relationships, which comes down to, well, first of all, self-esteem issues and self, self-worth issues. But also these people are ready to endure horrible things from their partner because they think having any relationship is better than having no relationship at all because they're literally addicted to this, to being needed, to being wanted, to this feeling of love and this feeling of having someone and that's why they often stay in relationships that are not that great but it gives them a sense of fulfillment because they are not single and next symptom is making poor decisions because of emotions you have towards your partner or love interest like for example if you're in a narcissistic relationship they will often want to isolate you from everybody so that you're dependent on them so you cut ties with your family because if they tell you this, this relationship is not great and your partner tells you that they're, they just don't like him and it's unfair, so you cut ties with your family, which is not a great decision because they want the best for you. Well, provided they want the best for you and you had a good relationship before, right? And this is obviously not the best decision, but this is what you do because you prioritize your partner over everything else and you're not thinking about how it will impact you in the future. Because for you, a relationship is your number one relationship and it's the only one that matters. I think it's okay if it's number one, but it shouldn't be the only one that matters, just to clarify. Uh, the next symptom is obsessively thinking of your partner or love interest so much that it disrupts your life. This is especially the case with single people who, who struggle with love addiction because they're literally, once they're interested in somebody, that's all they can think about. Once they meet somebody new, they have a crush on somebody, they feel like their life finally has a meaning. They feel so excited that everything revolves around them. They think about why they are texting me. Should I text them? What can we do together? When am I see, seeing them next? Yeah, they literally become obsessed because they're so in love with the idea of being in a relationship. And when they see potential in somebody, they just lose track of everything else. Some other symptoms include no longer enjoying hobbies or activities that used to excite you. Centering on your partner or relationship as a reason to live and grappling with feelings of hopelessness when you aren't with your partner. I definitely experienced all of those. Now, years later, I'm realizing how unhealthy that was. But in the moment, it's not always easy, right? I definitely had those nights when I thought my life is not great, but at least 
time with this person. If it wasn't for that person, I wouldn't see the reason to live. But we have such a great relationship that makes me so happy. I would feel physically ill when my partner wasn't texting me or when he would take too long to text me back. I would be overly anxious when I wasn't around them because I wasn't sure of their feelings. And this intertwined with like an anxious attachment style or abandonment wounds. This is just a deadly combination, which is honestly not great. And there's also an interesting thing that I wanted to talk about in regards to love addiction, which is what's the difference between codependency and love addiction? There is often confusion and overlap between the terms love addiction and codependency. They both love addicts and codependents. They have a need for approval and validation from other people, and they're obsessed with love. But there are some differences between the two. So love addiction is an unhealthy attachment to another person. Love addicts are usually obsessed with their partners that cannot bear to be apart from them. And they may consistently worry about whether their partner still loves them or they'll be abandoned. Love addicts often neglect their own needs in favor of their partner and can be very possessive and jealous. Love addicts tend to idealize the object of affection and they may feel they cannot, cannot function without them. But codependency, on the other hand, is just an unhealthy dependence on another person, even if it means sacrificing something that they love doing. Love addiction is primarily characterized by an obsessive preoccupation with a person or relationship, and codependency is characterized by an excessive need to be needed by another person. Love addicts are more addicted to the idea of love and they're addicted to the high of love. So they often, seek, they often seek out new partners, even if they are in good relationships, because they need this constant supply of the hormones that come with being in love. They often end up disappointed because this is unsustainable in the long term. And, and codependency is as a need to be needed by another person. They are not addicted to the feeling of love, but to, to the need for attention and validation. They will neglect their own needs to take care of their partner because it's what makes, me, makes them feel important and that's what makes them feel good about themselves. And as a result, they often end up in dysfunctional and toxic relationships. Love addicts often idealize their partner and while codependents view their partners as needing them and needing their help to be happy and fulfilled. I just want to talk a, a little about my personal experience with love addiction and codependency. And I just want to talk about the symptoms that I had that later I realized were complete, completely dysfunctional and it was something that I needed to fix in order to be happy and be able to build a happy and healthy relationship. I would have this all-consuming thought that will only go away when I got a text from the person I was interested in. And every song that I was listening was about them. I was constantly thinking about them and everything centered around them. I would cancel any plans to be with that person. I would reshuffle my schedule. I would do anything if they suddenly wanted to hang out. I would cancel on friends. I would cancel on nights with myself. I would, I will sacrifice sleep. I would do anything back then to, if there was a chance to see that person, that's how bad it was. And that's how love addiction feels. I constantly needed attention and validation constantly. It's okay to want that from your partner, but ideally you would learn to give this to yourself because in the long term, it's unsustainable. You need to have this internal so source of validation. Of course, your partner should give you validation, but it's more of a nice to have 
rather than something that you deeply need to function, you know? When I had doubts whether or not they liked me, I would feel so consumed by these, by these feelings that I would sometimes feel physically ill and I would not be able to function. Or if some plans were up in the air and they didn't confirm, instead of just making other plans or just asking them, I would literally not sleep at night or I would not be able to work or concentrate or anything else. I would just be thinking about this constantly. Another thing that I experienced was not feeling at peace when my partner was not around. I Not because I was scared that he was cheating, not at all. And it was not a trust issue at all. I was just uneasy. And I could not, I was not in a position where I could give this sense of comfort to myself. And that came with doing the inner child work, doing self-worth work, working my self-esteem and all of that. It came to me later, but when I didn't know what to do with it, I was constantly uneasy and worried when my partner was not around. And I only felt at peace when we were cuddling or when, when we were physically together and he was within reach and I could touch him. The thought of having someone made me feel feel so good even if we were fighting even if um i wasn't particularly happy on on a certain day i still felt good because i was in a relationship i wanted to brag about it i liked saying that i have a partner i liked saying that i'm in a relationship i liked other people to know that because it made me feel so good i felt validated and this is where i was taking my validation from which is not a great thing to do Obviously, later I learned to give this validation to myself, and this is what I teach my clients to do. But yeah, that's what love addicts usually experience. And I was completely terrified at the thought of being alone. It was just not an option. I would, I was willing to endure everything and go through anything. Not anything, obviously, but the bad moments that I had with my partner, they didn't bother me because the thought of being with someone and having somebody was better than the terrifying, absolutely paralyzing thought of being alone. I also felt completely helpless on my own. I forgot that I could do the simplest thing by myself because when we're in relationships, as I said, we tend to outsource a lot of things to our partner, especially as women. Um, the household stuff, like house repairs, um, certain chores, you just forget that you can do them by yourself or you could hire someone to do them. You just feel completely helpless at the thought of doing things on your own. And of course, I had this fear of ending up alone. And I thought that it was better to be in the relationship. And yes, yeah, sometimes we fight, sometimes we have terrible moments, but it's still better than being, being alone. And maybe it's not the best relationship, but it's a relationship and it's good enough because I just don't wanna be alone. And now let's talk about the things that can help you manage your love addiction, right? If you recognize yourself in these symptoms and if you can relate to my story and my symptoms, let's figure out to, what to do about it. I've been able to reach this point where I'm so comfortable with myself and I don't expect other people to validate me. I don't expect other people's uh, opinion to affect me in any way. I can ask for other people's opinion, but I'm 
I became very good at setting the boundary of kind of like within myself. And I know it's not going to affect me that much. I am very comfortable being alone. I'm, I learned to, I had relearned that I'm capable of doing anything on my own and I can figure it out and I'm not helpless and I'm not stupid and I'm not a loser and I'm actually very strong and I'm actually great and I can deal with anything. That took a lot of time and a lot of work, but I got there and I want to help you get there too. And sometimes it's hard. And of course, I still want validation and attention from my partner, but I don't need it. It's nice to have it, but if I have to, because your partner will not always be able to give you what you need, right? So if I have to, I can give it to myself. So it's so, so, so important to learn to give it to yourself. And how you learn it is, first of all, is you work on your attachment style. Typically, it's anxious and avoidant attachment people that suffer from love addiction. Obviously, I think that makes a lot of sense because if you're secure, you don't need to work on these issues that much and you are less likely to be addicted to love because you're fine on your own and you are, you're thinking very clearly and the idea of being in love doesn't cloud your judgment. Like it's okay to want to be in love and it's okay to want a relationship, but there's a difference between wanting a relationship, but also knowing your worth, setting your standards and just looking for somebody who's going to be a good match rather than being addicted to, to the idea of love and just looking for any relationship because you think this is what the fact of being in a relationship makes you feel better, makes you a better person, makes you more successful and gives you life meaning. That's the difference. The first thing would be to work on your attachment style issues and try to move towards secure. Uh, second of all would be learning to be alone. This is something that would help you a lot. And I usually recommend my clients to spend a couple of months on their own without even dating, like being fully single, not even swiping on the apps, not seeing anybody. And it helps a lot with the fear with a fear of being alone because you will inevitably be presented with challenges. They will come up, like stuff will break around the house. You will have to move. You will have to, I don't know. The universe is going to give you a chance to truly learn. And I experienced this firsthand. The challenges that I've been faced with during my single time, it's cr they, they were crazy, but they gave me such amount of self-confidence that I cannot even describe to you how much better I felt once I I've managed all of this I've managed to to solve all of my problems this gives you an incredible amount of self-confidence and just learning to be alone you stop being afraid of of the feeling of loneliness because you find ways to enjoy your life you stop depending you kind of like break this addictive cycle of People giving you validation, then you're alone, you need it, you're seeking it out. People give you validation, then you're alone again, you go to seek it out. You break the cycle and you're just comfortable and stable on your own. And it doesn't bother you that much. Or ideally, you start to enjoy it. And if you're in my program, you know that we work a lot on finding activities that are enjoyable for you, some finding meaning, finding fulfilling, um, finding something fulfilling for your life establishing a community of people that love you, then you can relate to and you can be yourself around. So all of these things go hand in hand with, with working on your love addiction and the fear of loneliness. 
Uh, another thing to do would be to look for recurrent patterns in your relationships and kind of and be aware of them and le learn to notice them and not react to them. So for example, if you tend to go for a specific type of person, let's say love addicts often go for unavailable people and emotionally detached and avoidant people. So they perpetuate their fear, right? And if you are aware of that pattern, you can nip this in the bud and you don't have to go there. You can realize that this is just a common thing that I've been doing all my life and this has not been good for me. And you can consciously make a choice to stop before it's too late. So it's very, very important to observe your behavior, to see how you're being triggered by which people, which people are risky for you and try to avoid them. Another thing that can help is just investing in yourself to find activities that they can do alone to be comfortable with themselves. We find their comfort activities. We find hobbies where they can meet people and find a community. We cultivate the connections that you already have. We think about what activities can bring you meaning and validation without being involved in a romantic relationship. All of this has to do with investing in yourself in, in working in constantly investing in yourself and constantly improving. And it's going to pay off on your work on your self-esteem, work on your self-worth, work on your work. You can also try affirmations. Affirmations will help you carve out new, carve out new neural pathways in your brain and rewire your brain to start thinking differently. There is a trick. There is a lot of tricks on how to do affirmations correctly. Please look, look it up because they have to be bottom line. They have to be realistic. You have to be able to believe yourself. So don't make them, if you honestly think that your life depends on having a romantic, your happiness depends on having a romantic relationship. You cannot make an affirmation saying, I am perfectly happy on my own because you don't believe that deep inside. These, the, uh, your affirmations have to be realistic. They have to, have to be at least a little bit rooted in your personal reality. So instead of saying, I am perfectly happy on my own, you can say, I am willing or I am committed to start feeling better on my own. This is something that is not yet true, but you can affirm your commitment. And this is something that your subconscious will not protest that hard because this is true and this is something that you believe in. And of course, you have to practice affirmations with emotion and repetition. And I actually explain, I have a, a whole module on affirmations in my program where I teach my clients how to make, how to do practice affirmations correctly. There is a couple of hacks to it. There's also a lot of podcasts on Spotify that you can find where people explain how to do affirmations correctly. So make sure if you're doing affirmations, you do them the right way. Another thing that you could do with your love addiction is to rely on your friends and family. It's okay to share share your struggles and your feelings with your family and, and friends because they're there to help you. You can say, hey, I'm feeling really lonely right now. Because sometimes you don't need a romantic relationship. You, a romantic relationship, you just want company or you just want to feel supported. And while you are learning to give it to yourself, while you're figuring it, figuring it out on your own, it's okay to rely on people. I used to call my friends and say, can you just talk to me? 
Like I just needed this like daily support and that's okay to need that before you learn to give it to yourself and be super self-sufficient. Uh, it can take months before it gets better and it's okay to rely on the community that you have. Nobody's going to think you're a loser. Nobody's going to think you're stupid. This is what friends and family are for. And I'm sure you will be there for your friends in, in a similar situation. So please do that. And also there are support groups for love addicts specifically, and they operate on the same model as, as AA and NA. They do the 12 steps and everything. So if you're interested, you can join one of those support groups. This is all I wanted to talk about when it comes to love addiction. This is a topic that has been of interest to me for a long time. And I'm just happy to share it with you. And I hope you found it useful. And before we wrap up, I have an exciting announcement to make. I am launching a transformative mentorship program called The Joy of Being Single. This program is specifically designed to empower and support single women on their quest for self-love, fulfillment, and joy. And to celebrate the launch of the program, I am searching for 10 passionate and committed women to be my beta testers. As a beta tester, you'll have the incredible opportunity to receive personalized coaching sessions, access exclusive resources, and be part of a supportive community of like-minded women on the same journey. So if you've been having trouble being single, if you often, if you often feel lonely, if you have attachment style issues, if you need to work on your self-esteem and self-worth, or if you've identified that you're a love addict after this episode, please book a call with me. I would be happy to talk to you and make a plan of the things that we can do to help you. You can book it directly on my website at haveiEverLovedMyself.com or DM me on Instagram or TikTok at myself with underscores. It's completely free. The first call, we'll just talk about your needs, your lifestyle, your areas of improvement. And if we both decide that you're a good fit for the program, we'll just go ahead and I'll be happy to mentor you. We'll look at your lifestyle. We'll look at your social networks. We'll look at your self-esteem. We'll look at your limiting beliefs. There is so much work that we will do that there is no way that after completing the program, you'll be the same person. And in 60 days or less, you will feel so much better. Honestly, I believe so much in this program that I just want you to book a call and let me show you how great it can be. I am offering it at a very big discount currently that will never be available after. It is just for the time of beta testing. And I am so, so, so excited. So book a call and, and hopefully you'll become a client and we'll get a chance to work together. And until next time, keep embracing your journey, love yourself fiercely, and celebrate every moment of your wonderful single life. Remember, you deserve all the love and happiness that life has to offer. Take care. I'm always here to help you. And i see you next time. I'll see you next time.